You know, no. you had you had Dennis who actually I think walks ahead of me in the parade. He's got the banner. Yeah. I want to know. I want to know how the old man is able to walk two thirds of a mile carrying a big radio. That's a good question. Well, it's not going to be easy this year, but I'm going to do it somehow. <laughs> Congratulations, Someone. two old men carrying radios. The hardest, <laughs> the hardest part is recruiting people to help me. All right. How you, how you doing on that? Well, I, I, Susan said she would help me if I really needed her. Yeah. Ah, bring, bringing in the younger generation. <laughs> That's so kind of you, Wayno. <laughs> All right, are we on yet? Yeah, you're on. Oh, we're on. on. We're on the radio. We're on. Okay, this is Dennis O'Brien here. Okay, Susan, we know Susan Johnson's here and Kara Holmes and Matt Rupar, and we got Wayne Norman on the phone. Wayne, thank you for coming on the show with us. We It would have been a big loss to us to not have our traditional pre-Boombox Parade show with Wayne Norman. Thank you, Wayne. Uh, it's my pleasure to be here. It's a big event. I'd like to talk about it. All right. Well said. Let's talk about it then. <laughs> okay. You did a show this morning with uh, Annie Clark, Charlie O'Brien, and Mark Scrivener, I believe. And Tara Calisto. Oh, yeah. Tara Calisto. Okay. Well, as you know, I don't get up till 8 o'clock normally, so I miss most of it. So you can just... Fill me in, but uh, you know one thing I want to say is what I always say every year: got to bring those radios, folks. Got to bring those radios. Old boomboxes, new boomboxes. You know it works. They all work as long as they're boomboxes that can get radio. Because we're on FM ninety-five point three, as well as AM radio fourteen. And you know what, Eleno Dennis bought himself a brand new boombox. Congratulations, but you know, you don't need a boombox, even though the parade is called the Boombox Parade. You know, when boomboxes stopped being a thing, and they were a thing when this parade began, uh, people have said, why, do you call, why don't you call it something else? We thought, it's just the name, Boombox Parade, has a nice ring to it. But really, all that matters, to follow up on Dennis's thought, is you bring a radio, any radio that works, any radio that makes sound, and you tune it to us, and we've got the whole marching band soundtrack. We don't want bands in this parade. The parade was created in 86 because we didn't have a band for the Memorial Day parade. And I think it's very important that that thing morphed in from Memorial Day to Fourth of July. This is a, a zany celebratory parade, and that wouldn't work on Memorial Day. It's perfect for the Fourth of July. And that would also translate into vehicles that are in the parade route. If you got a radio in that parade... Tune it to 1,495.3 FM and crank up that car or truck radio and help us out with the soundtrack. To, as Dennis said, there's, a, there's some dead spots in that parade route. We try our best to fill them in, but it's up to the people that come to the parade, the, the marchers or the spectators. There was a time when I had a, uh, a cache of, of uh, old uh, boombox radios at home, and I would get down to the parade early and run around up and down the street handing them out to people. And uh, sometimes I'd get them back, sometimes I didn't. But you know what? The, I don't have any left at work. The only one I have is a new one I just bought, and I'll be tuning in on FM. Well, yeah, here's the funny story about the way the, the boombox concept happened. After about five or ten years, Sony heard about this parade, and they actually wanted to get involved. You may have seen me in some parades. Tomorrow will not be one of them. But in some parades, I've got this big red basketball-sized boombox. That was given to me that year by Sony. And they also gave us about 10 of them to give away. The thing has seen better days. It's been dropped inadvertently a couple of times. 
but they actually had a float in the parade. Now, that involvement lasted one year. I don't know why they didn't do it after that, but that big red radio that I use has been in probably the parade since maybe 30 years or so. Yeah, I, I, I remember that uh, boombox, and it's great to know that's still, uh, still going strong. I think Tom DeVivo also has a large boombox that he carries on his shoulder every year. I'm hoping to see it again this year. I think he's bringing it, and he was talking to me on the air on Monday about uh, how many batteries it takes, and he's going out to get brand-new batteries getting ready for the 4th of July. Well, I know Kara Holmes, who's here, is organizing a group from the museum to march in the parade. Right, Kara? Of course. We, we can't miss the parade. It's so much fun, and you start at Jelson Square End at Memorial Park. We're trying to see if we can find someone to hold a radio or something because we're trying to do a different type of um, parade statement this year, but I don't want to take away from Wayne because I'll be on in a little bit. But, Wayne, thank you. Honestly, this parade is amazing. Well, we're glad you're in it, and I think that that speaks to another point, that there are people who show up and they're spectators, and from personal experience and probably from yours too, Kira and Dennis and Susan, I think it's more fun to be in it. It's more fun to be walking down that double line down Main Street than it is to be sitting in a lawn chair. And for that matter, people ask me about uh, the good places to sit. Well, I would say this, that it's going to be warm. It's going to probably be in the 80s. I mean, right now the forecast is dry. Let's see if that holds up. But if I were going to be a spectator in the parade, I would sit on the south side of Main Street and utilize the shade of some of the bigger buildings. we got a big crowd in front of our building at 720 Main Street. There used to be big crowds on the town hall lawn. They had those two big maple trees there. One of them came down in a microburst that came through in 2011, and they just trimmed some of the branches off the maple on the town hall lawn in the last two weeks. So there's going to be less shade there, and those people will be looking in the direction of the sun without the benefit of those trees. But nonetheless, if I were doing it, I would probably either A, sit on the shady side of the street in the shade, or B, bring along a little little parasol, a little umbrella to keep myself in the shade. I really can't do that when I'm uh, leading off as a grand marshal, but if I were a spectator, that's what I would do. Well, Wayno, I've been listening to uh, Pat Pagano and you every day. I've also been checking different weather reports on the uh, Internet, and of course they're not all the same. But I'm with you. I think it's going to be a clear day, but I think it's going to be a little cloudy. And you know what? For, to, as far as I'm concerned, being a marcher in the parade and doing it at my age, I like it when it's cloudy, as long as it doesn't rain. Well, it was really delightful last year. It was sunny, but it was very low humidity, one of the nicest days we've had. Now, you just said the forecast is for it to be clear, but it'll be cloudy. Uh, Dennis? Which one is it? <laughs> well, don't you say clear probably, in terms of no rain. Uh, probably what happens is uh, some of that smoke from Canada is going to come and uh, converge upon all of us. So that might be why we look a little bit more cloudy and not get any rain. Well, we we can't control that. But I think that one thing we, we've had, believe it or not, since this parade began in 86, it has rained on the 4th of July 14 times. But 13 of those times, it was not during the parade. 2014, some light rain started at 11 o'clock, and it was coming down, I wouldn't say heavy, but it was coming down pretty good by the time it ended. We seriously considered putting it off for a day. A lot of people showed up. It wasn't one of our bigger crowds, but to me, that showed me the popularity of this parade. And people wanted that parade to go on. They brought their umbrellas. They brought their slickers. They stayed dry one way or the other. And they seemed happy that that parade went on, even in the rain. But 
That's the only one of the 37 prior parades that we've actually had rain falling during the parade. Well, I think it's really important to have it on the 4th of July. I think that that tradition and the day that we have off, I mean, all of those things come together to make sure that we do celebrate the day on the day of the 4th. And I think that's an important thing, unless, of course, there's some very serious, uh, you know, weather condition. But otherwise, uh, you know, we should just do it. Yeah. I agree. I think that the people want it on July 4th, not on July 5th or whatever. Yeah. One thing to note, we didn't bring this up this morning, but one thing to note is that the, the Foster Building, as they call it now, you know, in my old days, it was the Willie Trust Building and other buildings as well. They've got that construction going on, and the sidewalk in front of that building is all sealed off. That's an area where a lot of people would watch the parade right at the formation point, right at Jilson Square. That's an area now where you're not going to be able to sit and watch the parade. So some people have sat there, got to figure out someplace else. The other thing, which we also didn't talk about this morning, is that there's been a change now in the street that goes behind our building, parallels Main Street, Riverside Drive. You can no longer drive straight east on that to get out to Main Street. It's blocked off, and you have to turn and go up Railroad Street to Main. So people have to remember that when it comes to what they're going to do when they get to the parade? Do they want to? They can't go all the way through and go beyond the formation point anymore. I don't think they're going to close that off because it does access parking on Riverside Drive. But just be aware, you cannot drive through there anymore. So that's two major changes because of that one building. And I come to think of it, I think the Murray Building across the street, the old Hurley's Hurley's Building. That's got some areas blocked off as well through the construction. So there's another spot that people will not be able to observe the parade from. That's uh, Those are all very excellent points, but they're also points to show that we are making uh, progress here in town, and pretty soon those buildings will look great, and we'll have parking, and everybody will be able to get, get through uh, those uh, those areas that are blocked off now. But those are really excellent points, and I hope that the town has thought to put something like not a through street or something like that when they uh, at the area where you enter Riverside Drive. Uh, so that would be uh, from Bridge Street there. Uh, so, so now the people that are going to be in the parade, the people that will be the actual marchers or participants, uh, what the rec department wants you to do is enter Jilson Square by Valley Street. Don't plan on coming in by the Main Street entrance. Come around the backside, and then you'll be lined up and sequenced there from Jilson Square. But plan on entering through Valley Street. That's very important. And the other thing is don't plan on using Jilson Square as a parking lot. As Charlie O'Brien said this morning, that area by the, the new senior center and community center, they'll let maybe handicapped vehicles park there, but they, they, that's not where people park their car, march in the parade, then come back and get their car. You have to find other places to park. You know, the, the new parking garage, the intermodal transportation center is one option. Exactly. The Crosby lot is another option. Exactly. And the, uh, the parking garage, for those who haven't used it yet, is on Walnut Street. So, you know, you can get there from uh, Main Street, take a left onto Walnut, and then the parking garage is right there, and it's got plenty of parking spaces for people. So it probably will provide more accommodation than the Jilson Square. And you just have people, to walk a couple blocks down the road. People often ask me, who's, gonna, who's coming to the parade? And I go, I don't know. I mean, there's some <laughs> people I know are coming. We know the traveling fish at Bubble have some statement on their traveling fishes. And we know that the, the Willie Brew has been fantastic the last couple of years. The Haggerty family was really good about 10, 15 years ago. They've had fewer 
elements in the parade, but they had like 100 people. They had one year, I think they had somebody that came from Italy that was part of their family. They had like a block long of, of stuff. It was really fun. So I don't know what they're going to do this year. They'll probably have their fire engine in it, their 1932 Hagarosa fire engine. And then, of course, the Grand Marshal, who knows what he's going to be doing at the parade. <laughs> well, but, that'll be but a this, surprise. <laughs> but, but, but unlike most parades, this parade doesn't have any pre-registration. So people, I get this question like every day this time of the year. Who's coming? I don't know. We'll find out when they show up, and we'll watch the parade and see who's in it. And one thing that this started really in year one, the creativity that people do. Sometimes it's political-based. Sometimes it's just some event that's going on in town. Sometimes it's a... It's a Little League team or a Cub Scout group or a Girl Scout group walking down the street. I think it really shows the value of community and how the community gets involved in this parade, and I think that's one reason why it's important. But we go back to the beginning here and just say that, hey, all you Girl Scout groups and Little League groups and whatever else is in it, please, in your unit, try to find a way to incorporate and or bring a radio or radios. Excellent point. And one other thing, I did listen to the show this morning, and I was very impressed with the fact that Andy Clark mentioned the uh, the idea to make sure that you don't bring your dogs unless they have some t kind of dog shoes. Uh, so they do have a little covering do for dog feet because their feet could get burned on the uh, sidewalk. Susan, did you like my line about that? <laughs> my follow-up was that we, we, I'd said this about 10 years ago, but mm -hmm. my line is that if you're going to bring your dog in the parade, you will be required to walk barefoot. <laughs> ah, which, a, which you know, good. makes the point that they got their, their paws will get hot on the pavement, your feet will get hot on the pavement. Better yet, keep the animals home. Yep, 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 yep. Keep them home or keep the. They do have little shoes for dogs, so you could probably get some shoes. The, the other story that Annie told, that I've, I've heard this story before, but I thought it was worth telling this morning, which I thought was great. Her mother was the one that came to us with the idea for the parade. Yep. I, I want to, from, from day one here, I want to disassociate myself with anybody that thinks that it was my idea. I didn't think it was going to work, and then it did work, and here we are. But Annie was in Atlanta at the time, and she didn't know much about it. Her mother didn't really tell her much about it. And the next day, she reads, she's in Atlanta, Annie, the daughter is, and she reads the Atlanta Journal-Constitution, and she's a picture of her mother. That was part of that Associated Press story that ran worldwide. I got quoted in Spanish in a newspaper in Guatemala. <laughs> That's that amazing. Got, that, that, first, that first paper got a lot of attention. Yeah, if you look deep on our website, you'll see the actual story. You go to the Boombox Parade page, and you'll probably find it, wili.com slash parade. But that thing ran nationwide and ran worldwide, including Atlanta, and that is how the parade daughter found out about this creation of her mother, the great, late, Cupid, Kathy Clark. Yeah, thank you for that, and thank you for remembering Kathy Clark. She was such a wonderful person. Anyway, Wayne, is this number 38? Yeah, it's going to be 37 on the street and one of them virtual. 2020, we had to go virtual. We made a 35-minute thing, and we got we got thousands of hits on that thing. Some of them were actually live during the parade, and some people watched it later on. But we basically produced a slideshow of the uh, the prior parades and put the soundtrack music. We had the governor doing an introduction to it and some other people. Uh, David Walner was involved in it with me at the beginning, and then at the end uh, there were some other uh, local celebrities that were involved in it. We had some fun with that. But then 2021, we were back on the street. 2022, back on the street. The crowds have come back, and they're thrilled to be able to get it back on Main Street. One reason I asked that question, as you know, 
<coughs> excuse me, that banner we carry always has the number. Which number is this uh, 3738? What are we going to have on it this year? 38? It'll be 38. It's already been changed. Oh, wonderful. I'm always worried that they won't get that banner ready for me to pick it up and just run off with it. I think the banner might last longer, Dennis, than you do. <laughs> well, it's, it's made of really good material, just like I am. So we'll see what happens. <laughs> anyway, I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. I love uh, walking up and down the street, well, up up the street mostly. Uh, go back down and uh, see people on the, on the way down that I didn't see on the way up. Let's and, remind people, too, about we call them safety guidelines because we hate that word rules. One of them is no water spraying, and that specifically refers to super soakers. We had a major issue with that until 2011 when we put this in place, and people have been very good about it, you know, conforming to that. But one of the problems, besides people just getting wet that didn't want to get wet, is the fact that you're begging people to bring radios to parades, and then their radio is collateral damage, and the radio gets wet. So that is one thing. Don't leave your water at home in this parade. I know it's hot. I know it's summer, but that's not the way to keep cool. Uh, number two is no throwing of candy from the units that go down Main Street. The problem we had was that people would kind of do a half-hearted heave would get halfway to the curb, and the six-year-old on the curb sprints out to get it, not looking both ways and seeing there was a guy on a, on a, on a rollerblade coming by or a guy on a, on a boogie board or whatever, not a boogie board, but nonetheless, uh, or maybe a, a vendor coming by. And Mark Scrivener told the story this morning. He had one, if not more, occasions where there actually was contact made. Yeah. But we're not saying don't give out candy. We're saying if you want to give out candy, go for it. Have someone with your unit and go over to the sideline and pass it out. I had one woman a while back tell me that she, her child said that he was thrilled, felt honored that someone actually gave him candy. He didn't have to go scrambling for it. They gave him candy. And then no, no reckless behavior. We had people doing wheelies on the street. We don't want them falling over backwards, cracking their skull. And then uh, we had some people revving their car engines, and there was one year with a stock car up there. They put out some pretty acrid smoke that people got sick of. So we, we don't want those things in the parade. But otherwise, parade runs like a charm, and we're really looking forward to it on Tuesday, 11 o'clock, Jilson Square. I think the standards uh, you've developed with uh, the police department, the fire department, and other uh, people in town have worked very well, Wayne. Uh, I, I, I'm proud to say that we had a Democratic Town Committee meeting a week ago, and our chairman, Leslie O'Brien, and, and the, one of the members of the town council, Dawn Niles, made a big point to the fact that, you know, we're going to have kids in the, marching in the parade with the local Democrats, but no throwing of candy. Hand the candy to the kids. I mean, that was said over and over and over again by Leslie and Dawn. So we, uh, we hear you. It's a great rule, and we will follow it. And you've talked about the, the, the coordination of local organizations. Don't leave out the Wyndham Rec Department. But between Tara and Charlie, they've been phenomenal. That goes back to Patty Anthony when she was rec director here. She began to help out, take charge. Now the rec department does it a lot to make sure this thing runs smoothly. And I truly appreciate that. Another person I want to mention in that regard is Jack Jenkins, who's always out there on Valley Street directing traffic and does a great job. And, and he, he hasn't missed the boombox parade and probably never. Yep, and, you know, I, I had an email this morning with the Attorney General, William Tong. He wants to come to both parades. He was asking how to do it, both parades, meaning Columbia, which is an hour earlier than ours. And I gave him the, the you know, the logistics of that, come down Valley Street and come down behind. But uh, Columbia's got the water. 
if you want a super soaker parade, Columbia's got that. But they have a great parade in Columbia. We love those people, too. And we have a lot of people that do both parades, and uh, Mr. Tong is going to be one of them. You know, I get around to a lot of the surrounding towns because I've worked in a lot of them, and I, uh, the one thing I notice along the parade route, I see lots and lots. It's not just the Willimantic Parade, not just the Wyndham Parade, although we are the focal point of it, and we are where it takes place, but there are a lot of people who come into town from the surrounding towns and probably all over the place in Connecticut, but I see, I see people in the crowd that I know from other towns, uh, and a lot, a lot of them. Well, I've talked to people on the parade route from Africa, from Europe. I mentioned Italy earlier on. Now, I don't think these people are buying a plane ticket to come to Bradley to come to Willimantic for the Boombox Parade. They're here for some or other reason. But the point is, this thing is getting some international attention because of people from those countries, from those continents who come to the parade. And then they tell their people back home, man, I saw the craziest parade. Because as we say, it's the largest parade of its kind in the world. Yes, Willimantic USA has the largest parade of its kind in the world. That is a great distinction. Yes, it is. It's very, very, I'm very, very proud to, that this is a place where we can have so many unusual things. <laughs> and we do. This is a very unusual community from the Boombox Parade to the Frog Bridge. I mean, and you could go on and on. And as we know, we have a very unusual Grandmaster. And uh, I can't wait to see what he does on uh, on Tuesday. Absolutely. Would the, would, would the Grand Master be also doubling as a Grand Marshal? Well, Wayne, you know you're always correcting me when I when I misspeak, and you got me again. But I meant to say Grand Marshal, but Grand Master. I think it does the trick. I think everybody knows who I'm talking about. Dennis, it's low hanging fruit. It's low hanging fruit with you. But uh, we're, we're, as usual, as usual, I will be doing something which I consider to be timely. We'll have a little bit of fun with that, and uh, my 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 stuff is all ready to go. So now all i got to do is get the people out on Main Street on Tuesday at 11 a.m. All right. We can hardly wait, but our time is up. for. We've got to go to a commercial break for our wonderful sponsors. And thank you so much, Wayne, for being on the show today and not breaking the tradition. Thank you, Wayne. Always, always good to be with you guys. Bye. Bye. Thank you, Wayne. Bye-bye. All right, folks, we'll be taking a short break, and we'll be right back with Kara Holmes, the executive director of the Wyndham uh, textile. textile and History Museum. <laughs> I, I have always had trouble with that from day one. I say thread, or I say history and textile. Well, history and textile is okay. Yeah, well, they, you know, like I just, I just did that with Wayne's uh, I don't know title. why they didn't do history and textile, because, you know, Maybe it's alphabetical. The, I agree. Maybe the acronym that's works why better. I also did it smaller because it, it's a, such a mouthful to say. Yeah, well, yeah, you don't need headphones anymore. Oh, good. <coughs> okay, okay, because we got... Thank you. Thank you for being in the studio. Then we have to wear these. <laughs> thank you for, for joining in, Kira, yeah. and making some very... Appropriate <laughs> remarks. Exactly. Very good okay, remarks. Okay, that's that's Indeed. great because Wayne, you're right. Wayne is the grandmaster. Yes. Anyway, and, and thank you, Matt Rupar, for setting us up yes. with that. Yes. Sorry, Look, it was a little rough starting there. Look at that. Hey, He's got the. Out. See, I, I was on the Wednesday show and I noticed they had a light. Yeah. So yeah, I said, no, hey, we had a light we... before. I've seen that. Yeah. Light. No, we never had that before. No, you probably we weren't here. Record, we don't use the light. That's uh, right. That's we right. Oh, see that, and I've. I've done a show more recently than you that was live. <laughs> yes. I think it was the show I, I, with... I see uh, a fight coming here. No, no, just a skirmish. There's always a fight on the bridge. Just a skirmish. Oh, yeah. 
Just a little tate a tate. A little back Continual, and forth. Continual uh, skirmishes. But the, you know, you, I th- we were talking about the rough spots in the early part of the show. I thought it was me and my CBD. Every time I took a sip off of this, I'd, I started to gag. I, I, this is pretty hard stuff. I think the I usually I usually have a different flavor. This oh, this is African ginger, and Mexican lime. No wonder. It got to my throat. Ooh. Ooh, I'm, no, I'm taking, you, what I I'm taking very short I sips. Mix it up with a little juice. And yeah. Then, yeah, yeah. Well, I, can, I just, I mean, I just like to drink juice. it out of the can. Little juice. <laughs> I, 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 anyway, I'm, I'm used to the uh, softer yeah. uh, right, uh, flavors, right. I guess. So, you know, so what we're going to do is I'm going to introduce Kira yeah, and talk about that. the fact that we had a wonderful event on Juneteenth, do the Juneteenth and go through that. And then uh, from there... We'll go into your vision for sure. the next, what is it, July 4th, July 1st, July 8th, July 1st, uh, 4th, 8th, so yeah, yep. and through, through your agenda. Does she and have the second page there? She I'm, I'm sharing. sharing. Oh, okay, you're sharing. I, I know how okay, to you share. can have mine. I, <laughs> I, I think I talked enough during the first segment. Well, we gave you. You a know break me there. in the boombox parade. I just oh my know. god, yeah. Well, I, I, have, I, I have, I'm proud to say I have only missed one. In 38 oh, wow. years, yeah. It was wow. probably the second one or the third one. See, I first learned about the Boombox Parade actually in my anthropology class, which I thought was interesting. <laughs> oh, that is interesting. I was in like, anthropology. We have a, yes, <laughs> oh, my that's God. how I learned about the street fest. <laughs> there was a local chapter uh, in the... Uh, oh, it was fun. I loved that's it. That's pretty amazing. Oh, boy, Wayne would have loved that. Oh, that's You'll a good one. You'll have to tell him that next yeah. time you see him. Next time he puts you on the air. Yeah. It, it's just, you know, interesting how you find out things. It know. really is, yeah. yeah. So, Matt, is your is your email, because I, I, I don't know if I have your email, because I usually call you on the, you know, I have your cell. Yeah. Is I'm it at email. Hall Radio? I have one of those, yeah. It's mrupar at hallradio.net or matt.rupar at gmail.com. Okay, okay. I, I think I have the Gmail yeah, address. Yeah, I, yeah. No, but, but I was just wondering, because Wayno, the other day, of course, you know, he always corrects me when I'm wrong. <laughs> always. Never misses it. He's a... Uh, Sometimes I get annoyed by that. Anyway, so, but it doesn't last. So, anyway, he, he, I text, I, 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 I know, I sent him a, an email on Friday to, uh, to let him know that Kara was going to be on the show along with him. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, he writes back to me, oh, that's, that's my old email. You, you don't have the right one. Okay. I, I the one I, but he, he got it somehow. Oh, Maybe he got it from two of us. I always send it to two of us as well. Yeah. yeah. Because sometimes if Wayne won't announce text. what we're going to have on the okay. air, right. Two It will do it right. on yeah. the news. Yeah. Two so, It will do it. Oh, yeah, Two It will do it. <laughs> two It's got a great, great email. It's, it's J... Ten seconds. T-U-I-T. Okay. J-T-U-I-T. Okay. All right, Susan, you're going you're gonna to dominate this part of the show. Welcome back, everyone. This is Susan Johnson. I'm here with my co-host, Dennis O'Brien, and our very special guest this evening, Kira Holmes, the executive director of the Wyndham Textile and History Museum. And I have to say thank you so much for all the work that you do. You and Jamie Eves have been amazing uh, people working together, uh, you know, bringing the community together uh, with all the ideas and information you have. And I just wanted to start off a little bit uh, and go back in time to June 19th to Juneteenth. And I was so impressed with the work that you did in conjunction with the NAACP and talking about Juneteenth and the uh, reason now it's been a federal and state holiday 
here in the United States, and it talks about the commemoration of the emancipation of enslaved African Americans who didn't know that they were already emancipated. And so ever since they found that out on June 19, 1865, they have been celebrating this as a holiday uh, in Texas and around the country. But now we've made it a national holiday, and I have to say there was a woman on uh, cable, uh, CNN News, I think it was, who said that she spent five years walking to D.C. to talk to people all over the country about why she wanted to make sure this was a national holiday. And with that, I just want to thank you and the, the cemetery tour and tell us a little bit about your, your history here that's actually local, that's an impact on Juneteenth. Well, thank you, Susan, and thank you, Dennis, and also thank you, Susan, for attending because it was a great treat to have you. Thank you. It was a wonderful event. We had about 34 people in the old cemetery right across from Stop and Shop, and we started off with Caesar Hall's grave. He actually served and protected his country and uh, was supposedly promoted to corporal because he was on watch duty and... Uh, his fellow soldier was trying to retreat, and he actually conked him on the head with a rifle, is what we learned. Mm -hmm. So that's very interesting. This yes, was it which, is. Which war? Revolution? Uh, civil. Yeah, this was Civil War. Civil War, yeah. okay. And it was just really fascinating to find that story out. And then we went to another grave. We call it a Veterans Corner, actually. And unfortunately, I'm forgetting the gentleman's name, but he was m most likely a Narragansett mm -hmm. um, soldier, and he also served in the war, too. And then we will go on to uh, the end of it, which is we have the Harris section. And in the Harris section, there's another gentleman who served as well, and he did everything. He was, again, another wonderful soldier. So for each of these graves that I'm talking about, we actually put a 35-flag uh, star, which was representing the Union, as well as we had some put in another cemetery, too, for other African Americans who served in wars. So, One of the things also that impressed me is, and I hadn't really realized this uh, until really recently, is that people that we honored uh, in the cemetery had actually been part of the Underground Railroad. And I thought that was really fascinating and to know people that were right here and they kept it very quiet it was yes. a very big secret they didn't want people to know why because then it would have blown everybody's cover right exactly so. that was conant uh who was also on our board for the here all along exhibit one of our boards actually goes into conant's story and you can see his grave in the cemetery, too. He was one of the conductors. He was more of a radical for his time, too. Anything that was radical, he was part of. And in later years, he actually ended up teaching African Americans in a local church, too. Mm -hmm. So he continued doing his work even past the Underground Railroad, which I found really fascinating. And if you haven't seen the Here All Along exhibit, you still have a chance to. It's up till August 13th. Our senior curator, Jamie Eves, is the one who put this beautiful exhibit together during COVID. He did all of this research into graves and cemeteries. And when you see the boards, you will see history come alive. And it's a wonderful exhibit that you definitely must see. Connecticut Humanities sponsored it, as well as uh, Jean Dismay, as well as uh, Not Your Ordinary Juice Kitchen and Restaurant, which unfortunately is no longer with us. But we thank them so much for doing 
this donation for the exhibit. Wonderful, wonderful. And also, just to mention that the church that we're talking about is still standing on Maple Avenue. Yes. Uh, it's the, the Freedom Church uh, for black people. Yes, exactly. And also another church that's still standing that's also part of this exhibit is in Brooklyn, Connecticut. And when you go again to this exhibit, you will see we highlight some carvings from that church mm -hmm. on one of the boards. So I definitely highly recommend you to look at each board. It's a visual as well as we have a bunch of conceptual words in order to bring history alive, which is really what we always want to do in making those local connections. And you do so successfully. Great work. Very, Thank very you. good. So I did uh, learn a lot from that tour, and I want to get back over to the museum to see the exhibit because I think it'll be quite fascinating. Well, we have and the perfect opportunity, actually, mm -hmm. tomorrow if you're free. We have the Here It Is opening. Oh, wonderful. Well, I would love to, if I get a chance, I'll definitely get over there and uh, see the, what is the time frame for that? So that's 6 to 7.30 tomorrow, okay. July 1st. Okay. And that this exhibit is actually pairing with the Here All Along exhibit. So here it is, is actually an exhibit by Justice Michelle Thomas. She's an African-American artist, and she teaches at Pratt Institute, and she decided to share with us her beautiful artwork. And her artwork deals with social justice issues. It is in various forms, and by various forms, I mean masks, I mean mixed media, I mean copper, I mean paintings, and literally, it takes the space into another realm of understanding honestly and brings color and brings all this other conceptual understanding to this very important topic wow that sounds like really something to go to i really uh, like that idea very very much and of course if that's not you know enough we also have some light refreshments too and libations we'd love to have you guys join <laughs> us and take pictures and tag us on Facebook and Instagram and really just enjoy, meet the artist. She's going to be with us too, Justice Michelle Thomas. She's going to do an artist lecture. How many times do you get to meet the artist of the exhibit? Exactly. That, that's fabulous. And, and see the exhibit too. Wow. That is a really great program. And that's just tomorrow. Yes. Tomorrow, well, 6 to 7.30 at the Mill Museum, 411 Main Street. Wow. Wonderful. And can people find that on uh, online? Yes, it is online. It's on Facebook. It's on Instagram. So there... And also you can call us tomorrow at 860-456-2178 if you have any questions. We'd love to answer them as well. Mm -hmm. That is fabulous. Moving right along to Tuesday, July 4th. What's up? Boombox Parade! Right. So as Wayne just said, it's Boombox Parade. 11 a.m. the parade starts. Yes. We are looking for marchers. We have this year to kick off... Some of you might know the 250th American anniversary of the Declaration of Independence. And we are doing, because of that, we are using some historical texts, but also translating it into different languages in order to represent 
all the different immigrant groups that came to Willimantic. Wow, that is fabulous. And you know, it hasn't really been blasted anywhere to speak of, has it? Well, we did put it on a few different places, but you know, we're... Yeah, yeah I mean, <laughs> by, by the news media and, and just, I mean, to think we're coming up on the 4th of July and the Declaration of Independence hasn't been blasted. No, it hasn't as much, but I think that's what they're trying to build up to. So they're trying to do, if you've heard of the 250th before, they're trying to do all these different ways into the 250th. So you can actually start 250th events now because you're leading up to the celebration of everything. Mm. So I can't go into some of our details because we're still planning them out, but there's going to probably be a pre-exhibit coming up that's going to involve spinning. But that's all I'm going to leave you with Whoa. at the moment. Spinning and the Thread Museum? Hmm. Yeah. I wonder what that could mean. Mm. <laughs> well, if you want to weave together that picture, you need to stay tuned with us. <laughs> Things that make you go spin. <laughs> but if you're interested in joining our ranks, please email me, Kira Holmes, at director at millmuseum.org. Uh, preferably, if you can, email me by July 2nd, and I will then email you with instructions of where to meet us, uh, you know, walking shoes, don't forget to wear walking shoes, comfortable clothing, because you are going to be walking from Jilson Square to Memorial Park. And as Wayne just said, we're entering through Valley Street. So I'm so glad I got to hear that portion because I didn't hear those instructions before. I missed Wayne this morning. Sorry, Wayne. I, I decided to sleep in. <laughs> I did the same. I, I usually well. get up at 8 o'clock now that I'm not hmm. uh, in court almost every day. I'm still working, but I don't go to court that often. So I... Uh, you know, we stay up kind of late and then uh, get up at 8. Well, we deserve a chance to sleep in a little, but yeah. I got up early enough to turn them on, and I was listening. I got up a little bit earlier than I normally do, and sometimes that happens to me. I just yeah, you, think uh, it's time to be up. You appreciated <laughs> oh, me this morning, that. yeah. <laughs> I didn't even bother with the alarm. Oh, yeah, like, that's <laughs> impressive, and I didn't even yeah. know that you had yeah. heard that uh, yeah, I had. that portion. Cause <laughs> I, Wayne um, noted that I, I missed it this morning, and I, I said, me. well, Wayne, I don't. As I told you many times before, since, you know, two or three years ago, I have not been uh, getting up at six or seven anymore. Mm -hmm. You were quite an early bird, but oh, I, I was think an I've early had bird. A, the old owl here has had quite an impact on you. My little lark is the one. And I am an early bird, and she has won that battle. I haven't really tried to, but it's it so is the way it's gone. <clears throat> well, anyway. if I want to spend time with you, i got to stay up late. All right. Aw, and that's always wonderful. And why not spend some time together? We have a wonderful walking tour coming up on <laughs> Saturday, July 8th. So, well, you know, if, Saturday. I, if you guys are interested in doing some walking and spending time together, mm -hmm. this is the perfect time to do it. Oh, well, thank you for that. Romantic <laughs> advice. Yeah, well, you know. You never know when I'll show up or not. <laughs> I am a, I'm a bit of a mystery in that mm. regard, but I will be at the Boombox Party. Right. So yes, is and I can't that's wait. A, that's yes. a necessity. Yes. Okay, that's coming up Tuesday, but now we've jumped all the way to July 8th, which yes. is next Saturday. And that's going to be a walking tour of St. Joseph's Cemetery. Uh, most likely it will be that day, but we do have a rain date safe set for august 5th just in case mm -hmm. you know anything with new england subject to change due to weather sure so in the outdoors for exactly sure. so if you haven't been to the cemetery this is 134 club road in willimantic connecticut this tour is going to be led by jamie eves at 2 30 p uh, excuse me 1 to 2 30 p.m excuse me and if you have not seen the cemetery it is a lot of wonderful history so you're starting 
out at a time when Catholic immigration from the cemetery was founded. <coughs> Excuse me. And you're seeing Ireland, you're seeing Canada, and elsewhere people were arriving in Willimantic in the city. Mm-hmm. And then you see... Uh, then you see and visit graves of mill workers, soldiers during the turn of century, like Mayor Danny Dunn, Civil War soldier, and mill worker William Smith, which I think I've told you guys before about the Smith sisters. So William Smith is actually the ancestor of the Smith sisters. He's the uh, grandfather who actually came all the way from Ireland. Well, what an interesting thing to think that that cemetery was started uh, from the Irish immigrants who were Catholic. And Dennis, you uh, have Irish immigration in your family. I have a particular interest in this. I, yes. When I read that on uh, Kira's list of uh, talking points, uh, Danny Dunn. Mm-hmm. I've heard of Danny Dunn quite a lot. So a lot of a lot about him from John Lesko, our former mayor and. Uh, uh, first citizen, I would say, for a long time here in, in town, who is unfortunately no longer with us, but he was Irish on one side and uh, I believe Polish on his other side. But he was a uh, uh, he was a uh, an inherent uh, or or a uh, he was always talking about Danny Dunn as being his model for being mayor and whatnot. And yes. Danny Dunn was not only a a great mayor, he was also a great athlete. He played baseball and he managed the Willimantic baseball team back around the turn of the century. And I, uh, I'm, I'm of course Irish on my father's side, and um, I, I, you know, I, <laughs> the potato famine occurred in the middle of the 19th century, and that's when an awful lot of the Irish came here. Yes. And they were probably the first uh, big group of uh, people from outside of the country to come uh, to town and participate in the, um, the working at the mills. Big time, and, and of course, the people came down. The French Canadians came down, and you know, and and now in recent years, we've had lots of people from Puerto Rico and from the Latin American countries. But the Irish came at a certain time, and they, yeah, they had hard times in the, here and everywhere else they, they arrived at. But oh, they yeah. soon they soon got involved. They were lucky to get involved in the Industrial Revolution, get those jobs. It wasn't easy, but. Uh, uh, they did very well, and then they got involved in politics. And yes. A lot of them became police officers, which used to be a stereotype, the Irish cop. And, in fact, my, my father's only brother was a police officer. Oh. And and uh, so I'm very much interested in that one. I I, I, uh, I would like to possibly, we'll see if I show up or not, go on mm. the tour of the uh, <laughs> the Catholic Cemetery. See, like I said, it's going to be date afternoon. Come on. Yeah, exactly. $5 donation. Go on a great walk. Get education. I'll have to put on some sunblock. Sunblock, yes. Well, sun hat. I'll send Jamie with some sunblock. We'll make sure you get to have it. Sunblock and probably those things they wear in the desert, you know. Oh, you're going to have some parasol, right? (laughs) Yeah, right. (laughs) Anyway. Oh, yes, a parasol, like Wayne was saying before. (laughs) Exactly. Well, you know, I got a question about this, uh, Danny. uh, Is he Danny Boy? Danny Dunn. Is Danny Dunn Danny Danny Boy? Boy? Oh, Danny Boy? No, the he's song. not Danny Boy. No, no, I don't think so. Who is that? I'm not sure. It's, I I know, who knows who that was? That's a, that's an old Irish song. Yes. In fact, I saw a show on Ireland. Uh, I don't look for that stuff, but I happened to see it. I walked by the television, and there was a guy who had written a book about the Irish in St. Louis, which I didn't know. didn't know there were a lot of Irish that in St. Louis. That was interesting. I saw that. Oh, I yes. guess they came I here, and they, they arrived in New Orleans, went right up to mm-hmm. the Mississippi, and ended up in St. Louis because they had all those, all those jobs, the industrial plant. 
And uh, a guy wrote a book about the Irish in St. Louis. And, the, and this guy from the audience got up and sang Danny Boy. And he said it came from another old Irish song. And he gave the name of it. And it was nothing to do with Danny. Oh, okay. And, and, oh, and right. you know I what? that part. Okay. So all right. I, I wish I had the, the name of the old Irish yeah, song it came well, from. But okay. unfortunately, I don't. All right. Well, well I, I guess it's a Irish new history. project for me to look into then. Because I had a roommate named Danny. And I would occasionally sing that to him. And he's like, stop <laughs> singing that song. I'm like, sorry. Couldn't help it. <laughs> so that will be my new pet project. Oh, cool. I will try to look into the origins of Danny Boy. And maybe <laughs> next time that I come on here, I'll. I'll have an answer. Oh, yeah. We'll have to was... have somebody play the song, too. Oh, that'd be fun. <laughs> Wouldn't that? I like yeah. it. <laughs> I don't All think right. it had any connection to Danny Dunn, although he might have been named Danny by his parents because of, because of that song. Yeah. Well, there you go. There might be a connection there. All right. Now we're moving along to the next, July 20th, which is our... Third Thursday. Okay. So, again, Willimantic is full of wonderful corks and entertainment and treats. And this mm-hmm. event entails all of that yes it does so we the mill museum is going to be with the east the connecticut eastern railroad museum again we share a spot with them great and we have a lot of fun that way because it's two wonderful exactly just like dennis's shirt over here oh my goodness you dressed for the occasion i do see he knew i was going to do this that's (laughs) why he wore that shirt i'm present yes (laughs) and so basically i've been working with the Uh, Connecticut Eastern Railroad Museum for a little while now doing this partnership and it works out great because this way we get to work together we know what's happening at each other's places and right now they're only open on Saturday so just if you are visiting make sure it's a Saturday to go visit them because they are not they do not have enough people at the moment to do Sundays so if you're looking to volunteer somewhere also please go join the Connecticut Eastern Railroad Museum because they love being open and they need your support. And it's the time of year for them to be open because, boy, what a lot of fun it is to go down to the uh, Railroad Museum and see all the things that they put together. I'll never forget when they came to us when I was on the council back in the 80s, in the late 80s, and they wanted to have $1,500 donation to get the thing started. And they oh, said, wow. we'll do all the volunteer work. And a lot of people, some of the people, not a lot, because we got the vote to actually give them the 1500 But everybody mumbled, they're really going to do all that. And they did do all that and more. And now here it is all these years later. And boy, what a great place. It is absolutely amazing. I haven't run in a while. I used to run a drinking about museums group. And part of the premise of it was to actually go to a museum and then go out for food. We actually got to do uh, go on the rail itself and pump the cart. And it was so much oh, we've fun. Done that. So I yep. do definitely highly recommend fun. going there. So third Thursday, I'm going to be doing a raffle. They're going to be handing out stuff. And then I will have a French flag kit. And also just moving along really quickly. So if you like book sales, we are on our third annual year of Crazy Quilt book sale. All right. Right now it should be August 29th and 30th in the Dugan Building at 157B uh, Main Street. Uh, Excuse me, 157B Union Street. And there's going to be all these books for you to buy. It's a lot of fun. If you want to get rid of books, please contact me at director at millmuseum.org. We'd love to take your donation of books as well. Uh-huh. If you want to sell or sort books, also contact me at director at millmuseum.org. 
And I have more things that I'd love to tell you guys, but I know we're running out of time, so I want to say thank you to Susan and Dennis. I want to say thank you to Connecticut Humanities, the town of Wyndham, my fellow wonderful volunteers, my board, my staff at the Mill Museum. It's really a community regional museum, and we can't do it without you guys, and really thank you. So also to Tora Sterigard, David Corsini, and Patricia Dixon, and uh, Harris, I mean, and so many other people that make the Mill Museum wonderful. We really appreciate you Well, thank you so much, Kira. We appreciate you and the Mill Museum and everybody that volunteers and works so hard to make this such a successful place for this town and the region and the state because this is a way to keep communities together and teach people about what's been going on and how they fit in with the community. Well, you know, seeing that you were on today with Wayne Norman, Kira, and uh, the fact that you are kind of overdue for another appearance on the Wayne Norman Show, I'm going to see what I can do to try to get you on there, and you can cover whatever you couldn't cover today on the Wayne Norman Show, on the morning show. Thank you so much, Dennis and Susan. You guys are amazing. Well, you're amazing, too, and so is the Mill Museum, and we just appreciate the work and the study and the, all that great, great stuff that you do with history and our town. But no one is more amazing than our producer, Matt Rupar. Matt, yes. thank you so much for all you do. <laughs> And, you know, just getting us on the, on the radio so people can listen to the, uh, our wonderful guests like uh, Kira Holmes and also uh, getting us on uh, local uh, public access television with, you know, all this equipment you have and the way you do it. You're, you're a master. Talk about masters. You're a master at what you do, and we really appreciate you. And, folks, we will be back next week. With one another more, great show. And now, Susan. One more thing. Don't forget, there's a podcast here online, and we are now uh, available for you to listen to at any time. 